Hey guys, welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto. We're here with your fortnightly market update. With me today, we've got the lovely Sam. Hello. Man. We've not got Tommy with us today, but um, you've got myself, Pav, here with you again to unpack what's been happening, mate. Um, so again, if you are liking what you've been hearing lately and you know, you know you're definitely getting some value out of this, we'd love for you guys to share this with your network. So at Tapping Into Crypto, you can catch us on Instagram and just let us know what you're thinking. And if you've got any questions, we love to always get feedback. So just let us know. But it's been a pretty huge week. I think most people would agree. It's for some a bit harder to stomach than others, but blood on the street. That's what we're seeing. So I thought we'd unpack a little bit of what, what's been happening and throw some stats around that. Secondly, even while the markets have been down, there's still a bit of news pouring out. So obviously, the most obvious one everyone's waiting on, uh, stocks and crypto alike, is the news from the Fed. So we'll sort of jump into that. Uh, let everyone know who's the latest country to ban crypto. And we'd also thought we'd talk about the Phantom Network now being the third largest value-locked ecosystem out there. So yeah, a little bit of breakdown on that one too. But let's just jump right into it, Sam. What do you think of what you're seeing lately? Are you a fan? Are you scared? Oh, mate, it's been a sad few days, that's for sure. I'm a bit of a trader by heart. So I'd have liked to have kind of seen this coming a little bit earlier. Yeah. But I've just been holding in there and each day waking up to more red and just trying yeah. not to sell. You know, there's a way There's a way to fix that. Do you want me to tell you my secret? Yeah, please. You can actually go to your charts, jump on settings and make your red candles green and then the green one's red <laughs> and then <laughs> it fixes everything. You feel better. Um, yeah, okay. No, but um, just to jump back to obviously, I guess, give yourself a bit of an introduction, Sam. Like obviously, we have never had you on the podcast. Do you want to give a little overview of you know your sort of intro into crypto and how long you've been doing crypto for, etc.? Yeah, for sure. So... I think probably like a lot of people, it was around 2017 bull market. Bitcoin kind of soaring off from 3000 when a few of my mates were into it and then kind of got me into it. I'd been into the stocks a little bit before then. I dabbled in a couple of Tesla stocks, sold them way too early. And yeah, I think it was mainly just Bitcoin and Ethereum that was kind of the hot coins at the time. Maybe Ripple, mm-hmm. bought a bit of that on a bunch of different exchanges and then just kind of been keeping an ear to the ground ever since and slowly building my portfolio. Yeah, now now that at SwiftX, obviously, you're just kind of surrounded by it all the time. So coins here, coins there, um, coins everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's good, man. It's good, good to good to get a little low down there. But um, yeah, volatility, I think it's definitely in. And I think the key thing is, yeah, it's not just crypto, right? Like the pinch is being felt across the board. I know um, we were talking about it just a little bit earlier, like the you know S and P and Nasdaq. It doesn't really feel like there's too much room to hide uh, when it comes to. I guess a lot of people and they're investing in sort of trading strategies at the moment. It's um, probably safe to say a lot of this downward movement. Do you reckon it's yeah, just people mm. selling, taking risk off? Like obviously, if you're selling, price is going to go down. There's lots of selling pressure. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of fear in the market in general, to be honest. Mm. I think like there's been talk of a stock market crash for a couple of years now. And obviously, with all the money that US has been printing and the quick recovery we had after the COVID crash... I think it's, it's all kind of eventually catch up. Whether or not this is it, the beginning of it, mm. hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> I'm hoping it, for at least a little bounce back to maybe reduce some of my position. But I think it's going to happen eventually. I think the statistic over the last 100 years is a crash of at least 30% every seven years. All and right. the last crash we had was in 2009. Yeah, right. That financial crisis has been a, yeah 12 years since then. So it's due and I'm just hanging tight for that to hopefully buy... Tesla and crypto really cheap. That's uh, interesting. I never really yeah, heard that sort of stat before, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, it? the correction, I think, is it's once a year on average, and that's about 10%-ish. Okay. Um, and we've kind of had that, 
I think that's <laughs> last week. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you can look at crypto, you can look at stocks, like everything's just taken absolute hammering. And I know like just looking at the total market cap as a figure, so the actual amount of money floating around in crypto at the moment, like the, at its peak, we got to just a little bit over 3 trillion and we're currently sitting at 1.5 trillion. So, you know, obviously mm-hmm. half the money's just been taken out of the market um, over the last couple of months. So yeah, everything's sort of adding up, I guess you could say. But I know like a big piece yeah. of what's been happening and we talked about it last episode and it's something you can't really not here at the moment is the whole news about the Fed and I guess what's happening there for those listeners who aren't across it all. By the time this podcast releases, they should be basically starting. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably too late. (laughs) It's probably too late. But um, yeah, I mean, from where we're sitting, it's still one or two days away. Basically, they're having a a little meet and greet to create a bit of a roadmap for how America is going to tackle the current state of their interest rates. And you know, as much as it is just the states, they kind of do write a lot of monetary policy that sort of trickles down to all the other countries. So especially when you've got, you know, all the money to, you know, $250 trillion, whatever it is, locked up in the equities markets in the States on any good day, you know, any changes mm-hmm. there are going to be felt all around the world. So what does this mean? It means that people might be going a bit more risk adverse, might be sort of settling maybe some of their liabilities. I guess a big part of what the Fed's doing also is reducing their buyback plans and, and things like that, their asset purchasing plans to sort of stimulate yeah. what a lot of the equity markets have been doing. So it almost seems like there's a lot of ingredients for creating a bit of a reset and a swing down uh, for the markets, which is obviously what we're seeing. But yeah, that yeah, all sort of sure. will be towards the end of this week sort of released and there should be some clarity around that. So whether it's bullish or bearish, you know, it could be worse than what people are expecting, could be better than what people are expecting, that this massive sort of specter and everyone's sort of back of their mind, potentially causing a lot of this sort of sell-off. And you know, even the fear and greed index, like we talk about that quite a bit, just as like a bit of a sentiment gauge for where things are right now, it's sitting at a very rosy 12 as we're doing this podcast. So, you know, these are kind of levels that we saw after that May correction. You know, the lowest that ever got was about nine, I think, for, I guess, a bit of a relative scale for everyone. We're definitely down in that sort of doom and gloom range that everyone's just giving up on crypto or or maybe they've got the opposite agenda. They're sort of bolstering up and this is the opportunity that they're waiting for. I know around the office, just doing a bit of a sentiment check, if there's some people super excited about what they're seeing right now because they've missed out before and they finally get a chance to get in and other people are kind of yeah a bit apprehensive and wondering what's going on. But it's definitely interesting to watch. Yeah, and I think it will be very interesting to see what happens post-Fed announcement, whatever they decide. Like I think the anticipation is if interest rates increase, then the market's probably going to keep crashing. And crypto looks like it's following yeah, quite closely, which was like when I first got into crypto, a lot of my mentors and like YouTubers and people that I followed, Bitcoin was always regarded as like the younger digital gold for the kind of the new up and coming generation. Mm. And it's been really interesting to, to watch it kind of follow the stock market so closely, like especially in the last few weeks when it's been crashing, crypto's obviously been been falling quite heavily. And it hasn't been kind of maintaining that gold status. If you do jump over to the gold charts, you can see that it's just holding uh, steady. Gold's been yeah, holding quite steady, if not looking quite bullish. Mm. And I think kind of going on that point is what will happen if we've already seen Bitcoin fall almost 50%. What will happen if the stock market falls 30%? <laughs> we could be picking up Bitcoin nice and cheaply again. Yeah, it's a good time to just reassess like, why did you get into crypto? Like, why are you here? Um, the same way you probably look at your stock market portfolio at time to time. Are you there to forget about it for two years? Or bulk cash, mate. Bulk cash. Bulk, bulk cash. Um, <laughs> or I, yeah, it, it, it kind of um, sets the tone. I think once this sort of news does come out, like I think it's exactly the point. Like if people don't see the value in stocks, maybe they just 
move over to the commodities. They might start that little commodity rally everyone's been talking about for what feels like years now. I don't know. It's going to be an mm. interesting one to play out. That's for sure. It definitely, I yeah. guess, it sort of felt sentiment-wise looking into, I guess, some of the other things that are happening in the crypto space. So we've all heard about China and India banning crypto. I know we've sort of plugged it and joked about it on the podcast as well, but it seems like Russia's joined the party as well. It seems like almost they're still like it's going through the throes of everything, but there's been a strong recommendation by their central bank there to essentially ban mining and trading of crypto. So, I mean, not something that may or may not have too much of an impact. I think the article I saw it in sort of stipulated that the Russian market makes up for about $5 billion worth of assets, I guess, in a, in a year they might trade. So whether or not that's going to matter or not, who knows, time will tell. But it's just, I guess, a little bit more fun just to push the market a bit mm. further down potentially. But yeah, I guess the only other thing that's really popped up recently is, I guess, looking at, yes, markets are down, but what are people doing with their funds? So a lot of people have been looking like they're moving it over to the Phantom Network. So uh, Phantom basically working on its own sort of competitor to the Ethereum network, essentially. So currently sitting at a very rosy $11.3 billion, now currently locked into that ecosystem. So I mean, what could that mean? Who knows in terms of speculating on the asset itself? But generally speaking, if there's, I guess, a value locked into a certain market and the rest of the markets may or may not recover, we don't know what's going to happen. But I guess that's what we're sort of waiting to see play out. A lot of those assets in that ecosystem could flourish the same way we saw the Binance Smart Chain flourish at the start of 2021 when BNB coin went from like $30 or $50 all the way up to like five, dollars $600. A lot of those coins that were being started up in that ecosystem just absolutely thrived. And I guess other ones we've seen do quite well recently is the Terra Luna network as well. So a lot of people might be using that at the moment. So I mean, you only have to look at a Terra chart. It's just completely vertical. So yeah, I guess it's just more... Something to be watching over the coming weeks if we do see a recovery across the board, seeing these sort of telltale signs that a lot of investors are happy to lock away their money in these environments could be a bit of a tell for where the money could be moving as soon as the markets start to look a bit good again. Yeah. And on the flip side, sorry, Pab, to be the bear there. Like you mentioned, like there's so much growth and mm-hmm. development in the crypto space. And often these crashes, and even if it, it kind of bottoms out here, or maybe we see a little bit more of a correction. It's often a, a good time for these cheap coins, the cheap companies to kind of get pushed out. And oh, absolutely. Kind of, it's like a nice little filtration system the markets go through. And then when we recover and we enter our next cycle, then it gets even stronger and you've got the, the good companies that have survived left. So I think there's always like, even if we do see a bigger crash or correction, it will often lead to a, a stronger recovery going forward. And, and that goes for the same with the stock market is... Often those the companies that don't survive, as sad as it may be, is probably for the best. Great time to like look at your personal portfolios right now too, and just see what you've been putting your money away in, and maybe just revisit. Was that a good idea? Was it not a good idea? Why did you choose what you chose? It really, I think me and Tommy talked about <laughs> it um, in the past. So it really tests your sort of conviction as to why you chose something when you're forced to look at it 40, 50, 60 percent down. Even in the last seven days, it's hilarious. Like the, the top performers have been the stable coins, so. You know, <laughs> there's nothing really that's been saved to sort of put your money away and still hold some sort of value, I guess, from what it, what it was one to two weeks ago. But most assets, even in the last seven days, are down 20 to 40%. So some people just see that as an opportunity to run to the hills or an opportunity to start scooping up some assets on discount. So yeah it's, yeah, it's definitely very interesting. Yeah, it would be very interesting to see what happens once the Fed releases its news. I'm very much tied to the charts. So yeah. at the moment, on the daily, we are below the 200 
moving average on the S&P 500, which is a, is quite bearish. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not it can recover and bounce back from that, I'd like to see that. And then what I probably would do, reduce my position in crypto a little bit, just with the anticipation that we might see a reversal, like a nice little pop and then a continuation down. But if potentially the market reacts really bullish to the news that the Fed release, and then we just see a massive uptick and then a new all-time high, which would be really nice to see. And I think if that was the case, then crypto is probably going to continue its bull run, which I think is what everyone's been hanging out for for the last mm. few months. Do you think but if um, I, we do get like positive news out of the Fed, like do you see that causing like an instant jump, or would, are you more sort of speculating like for the rest of this year might be just going up and sideways? Or yeah, I think like I'm probably a little bit more bearish at the moment, just mm. because of the amount of fear around the markets in general, with the amount of money that's been printed, with the Fed potentially going to increase interest rates, with the Fed ceasing their purchase back plans and just how inflated the market is overall considering the amount of growth and profit that businesses have realistically been performing. Yeah, yep. I don't know. It is obviously speculation, but I think we'll probably see a new low um, yep. in, the, in the coming months. It definitely makes sense. Like anything that's an emerging asset class like crypto is right now and what it is, like everyone's obviously... Loves it when the volatility is to the upside, but you know a lot of people just getting in for the first time are unfortunately finding out the hard way that the volatility to the downside is just as severe. So I know you know yourself and myself have been in the market since like I think I was the same year, 2017 started, and I pretty much bought the top um, back then as well. In the 2017, <laughs> 18 cycle, I think it was like literally 17k USD I bought in my first Bitcoin. Yeah. It's almost like an education and. Uh, learnt the hard way, I guess. Some people it costs more than others um, when, when you're sort of getting into these markets for the first time. But yeah, even like what you mentioned, a lot of people might scoff at, you know, if the markets do bounce and recover that you're looking to take risk off, like it's not a bad shout because like we always see, there's always another opportunity to get out. Yeah, yeah, of, exactly. A lot of the time your window is actually quite small. Like you said, when it capitulates, when we fall, it's very aggressive. Like it's always seems like a staircase up, I guess people like to say, and then the elevator ride down. So <laughs> very, it gets very slippery. And to be awake at sometimes, like because these markets run 24-7, you're not always going to be able to just exit when you think the time is right. So sometimes it's about coming up with a plan. So I think it's for me personally, it's, it's a pretty similar sort of outlook. It's not bleak, but for me, once the macro picture starts to improve, like it gets a bit more bullish. For me personally, like it's still a dollar cost average plan on the way down for some of the assets I'm yeah. sort of bullish on in the long term. Yeah, I think we called it last podcast, but we were both speculating like to at least get down to like the 30k range, and like we're right now sitting 36k USD. Uh, it got down as low as 33. So we're retesting where we left off from that May crash. So in, in July, we yeah. basically got down to 29, 600, 500, and just took off. There was obviously a group of buyers ready and waiting once price sort of struck that sub 30 level. So. There is essentially, hopefully, probably going to be some hero to save the day if we do get down there again. Elon tweet. Elon tweets for the win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's it's hard to really be too sort of committed right now into one direction. Like, I mm. totally agree. It's just um, a case of just waiting things out. But I mean, as ugly as it could get, like, I mean, there's nothing to say we couldn't come back down to like a 20K range-ish. I know when mm. you think about like, that would be for a lot of people like a point where they go, this is... Again, max pain. Like it'd be like this is over, this is not worth it, etc. Whereas, you know, the kind of range that we're at now, there's still obviously a bit of interest in the market. So we always talk about what's the level of maximum pain that's tend to be where we go. Yeah, and we definitely have a lot of like good support around that thirty thousand dollar mark. So yes. yeah. 
provided news doesn't get worse, we could very easily just bounce off it. Uh, yeah. And then like at that 20,000 being the previous all-time high and kind of where the 200 moving average sits, that would be another key level to watch for. Yeah. And I think the uh, one thing sometimes people just miss as well is like when the markets do recover, it's not an instant recovery. Like everyone sort of might be worried, I'm going to miss the dip or whatever. That's the old saying. But you yeah. even just have to look back in recent time. Like when we do have a period of consolidation, there's always ample opportunity, even if you slept in, to get back into the market. So it's just about paying attention, watching what's happening, all that sort of jazz. But it's definitely exciting. Like you mentioned, it's, it's just for me, technically, I just always think there's always room to sweep more lows, shake out a few more people. There'll definitely be some stops yeah. probably below that sort of area in the high 20s. Do we short the market now? Do we short it? Nah, don't touch it. I, mean, I, need to, <laughs> I need to sleep at night. So I um, moved away from all of that. I think we haven't looked at it. There's probably a bunch more liquidations that have happened. Like last time we looked at it, there was mm. close to 300 mil that would be just been wiped off in a day from people trying to catch the knife. Yeah. It's not fun trying to catch a knife. Thanks, guys, for joining us. It's been a treat to chat about markets and everything in between. But if there's any questions that you might have that might have come out of this episode or another, tag us on at Tapping Into Crypto. We always love to hear them and definitely like to get back to you. I'm Pav. I'm Sam. And thanks for catching up. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 